Hi, and welcome to the Saxophone Academy. I'm Dr. Wally Wallace, and I'm excited to bring you this new podcast on the topics of saxophone performance and pedagogy. We'll be discussing strategies to make you a better saxophonist and saxophone teacher. And I'm thrilled to announce my co-host, Dr. Susan Fancher. Sue teaches saxophone at Duke University, and she's an internationally recognized concert saxophonist. And I have no doubt you'll gain a lot of wisdom and insight from her experience as a saxophonist and saxophone teacher. In this first episode, Sue and I catch up and talk about our goals and plans for 2019, and also talk about goal setting in general, how we do it for ourselves, and how we go about setting goals for our students. And perhaps more importantly, how we keep ourselves and our students motivated throughout the year. I hope you enjoy the discussion, and if you have any questions, feel free to email me, wally at gatecitysax.com. So so the holiday party was good. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then you put you put some raisins and some blanched almonds in the bottom of the cup. And they're really yummy when you get so to them. Basically, you have a highly alcoholic health food at that point. Yeah. That sounds delicious. Well, yeah, it's delicious. Sue. Yes. Happy 2019. Happy 2019. How's your Wally? week going? Great. Yeah. Your yeah. semester started. You're already in the role. My you're semester's teaching. Uh, teaching at Duke started yesterday. I started teaching at 8:30 in the morning and ended at 7:15. That's. I taught eight and a half hours of saxophone lessons. I don't. Oh, that doesn't sound good. Well, I could split it up into two days, but then I'd have to drive an hour each way two days a week, and so I I decided to do it all in one day. But I'm starting to think that maybe wasn't very smart. I. We'll yeah, I, I say that once or twice a week. Yeah. So the semester is going. We're in 2019. I, we're both practicing at this point. Our kids are back in school. Yes. And so like we can remember how the saxophone fits together. Yes. The next part goes in the... So Left hand on top. Wally. <laughs> it's a new year and a new start. So what do you... Have you made any saxophone New Year's resolutions? Well, I feel like you can make new resolutions anytime. I feel like I'm, I tried to make some back in the fall before the school year started. Right. And I promised myself this was going to be the year when I really dug into freshening up my jazz chops on top of all the classical stuff I do. The, wow. Okay. I thought you were going to ask me, so how's that going, Sue? So how is, how is that going? Well, yeah. first of all, I'm impressed because he's, you well, know, like trying to master two genres is... well. It's an exercise in feeling bad about yourself all the time. Right. For me, anyway. Instead so, of feeling bad about yourself all the time just for the one well, genre. It, it yeah, doubles yeah, down. Exactly. So, how's it, so how's the jazz well, stuff going? Well, you know, the thing is, I used to do a fair amount of jazz playing. When I lived in Chicago and in Buffalo, I always did some big band playing, and yeah. I love it. And I played in, you know, big bands all through school and combos in college and stuff like that. But ever since I moved to Greensboro 15 years ago, I haven't really done much jazz playing here. You know, a little bit of jazz style in the quartet and stuff like that. And so I thought, well, you know, it'd be nice to feel competent, competent at that, you know, enough that I can say, yeah, yeah, I play jazz. That's cool. I respect that because, you know, as, as teachers, some of your students will go on to teach. Yeah. And I remember my first band director job, they, oh, here's your jazz band. And I was, right? at that point, I had not really delved into jazz and it was kind of, ugh, it was a bit of a surprise. It's scary and it's hard to fake confidence when you don't feel confident. Yeah. So, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. So, so that was the fall. What about, has it changed since then? Are you still working on that or? Well, you know, I was able to practice jazz regularly for about like 
I don't know, two days or something like that. And then real life took over and I didn't really follow through after that. Right. But I had two really good sessions of throwing on some Abersol and jamming along right. and, and stuff and putting on, you know, a recording of Phil Woods and sort of playing along a little bit. And that was really good fun for a couple of days until... I had to face the reality of concerts and repertoire well, no, that I had to get ready to perform. Any listener that doesn't know you, you have a very active concert schedule of classical saxophone. You're yeah. premiering new works. You play with several chamber groups. Yeah. Um, you seem to be going all over the place playing new solo work. So you have a very active schedule playing classical saxophone. Well, and you know also that time is limited. What? So yeah, it's not like you have four hours a day to practice. Oh, I'm yeah. I'm lucky if I can if I can really get two hours like to myself to focus yeah. on that. So, so you must be in the same boat. I mean, family and teaching and yeah. yeah. No, it's yeah, and that's where a lot of my New Year's resolutions and goals do that. Um, so what's 2019? What what plans you got? What are what's your 2019 resolution? My 2019 resolution is I'm still going to try to get some time to brush up those jazz chops. But honestly, I have to focus on a couple of premieres that are coming up and some performances. Okay, so, what, what what cool... Um... Well, okay, so Scott Lindroth, composer over at Duke, is writing a quintet for soprano sax and string quartet that nice. I'm going to play March 30th with the Chompy String Quartet um, on Duke Performances, which is a really prestigious gig, and we're really excited about it. We're still waiting for the music to show up. <laughs> So I'm not practicing that piece yet. I'm just trying to make sure my playing is in shape. So when I get the music, so get, yeah, yeah. I can hit the ground running. So you have a, you have a, a big goal for 2019 and you just can't start working on it I yet. I just can't start working on it yet. And Charles Nichols writing a, a new concerto for soprano sax and wind ensemble. And he wants to put together a consortium of wind ensembles to, to promise to play it. So right. I have to get doing some office work, contacting, contacting conductors. You know, a lot of what we do is, is sitting and doing oh, email yeah. or making phone calls and stuff like that, yeah, as yeah. you know. And answering dumb questions over email from it's students. It's all yeah, good. Yeah. There's no yeah. dumb question. Yes, sir. So you got the, you got <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> just dumb students. So, no. 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 There's well, there's no a couple. There's a couple. Okay. Yeah. okay well. So you got the quintet coming up. What's, what are some of the big, cool projects you've got coming up? Um, I'm going to be an artist, a uh, guest artist at East Tennessee State University Reed Day. Reed Day. Hosted by Dr. Emily Laboda. We know her. So excited okay. about that. Sweet. And you do play a reed instrument, so I do. you'll fit right in. And I just found out this morning that my concerto proposal for the Region 7 NASA conference was accepted. What's the concerto? What are you going to be it playing? It is David Garner's uh, Celtic concerto for soprano sax and wind ensemble. That's fantastic. It's a really cool piece, so I'm super excited about that. Okay. Just this morning, and what's, off the presses. And you... And you well, <laughs> world announcement i know so right. and so but you actually do have the music for that so you can actually i can actually practice that no excuses and that's for that good, one. <laughs> that's, that's just a couple months away yeah okay so yeah. like i know what you mean it's hard to have like like kind of uh, frivolous resolutions when you've got like actual work on your plate and things well done. yeah but you know i think one thing i determined to do maybe it's a resolution was just warm up properly more often because sometimes i just take the horn out and i start playing the music i have to play and that's fine sometimes you have to do that right but, you know, if you take the time to actually warm up properly, haha, believe it or not, you actually do play yeah. better. <laughs> yeah. The whole session goes better. And, yeah. But I know, like, when you look at your schedule, you have so much to do. It feels yeah. like, I just got to get cracking. Yeah. Yeah. I know. And we, we will dedicate entire chunks later on about our warm-up routines and, and best practices of warm-ups and stuff like that. Yeah, that's a good idea. Because I know we've been cultivating our own warm-up routines for 
Yeah, and I'm excited to hear your ideas and suggestions too, because you can always change them up and improve them. Yeah, and that's it's been a really nerdy focus of mine. Awesome. Like the warm up routine and the Love tone it. building exercises. Yeah, yeah. So, anything else? Big projects going on into the summer or the fall, or see where it's going. I can't think of it. Oh, I'm going to China. Oh, oh, just just just, just another continent. Yeah, no big, no big deal. I'm going to do a recital. I don't know what I'm playing on that yet, though. And a master class at Chengdu, uh, Sejuan Conservatory in Chengdu. Now you've been to China before, haven't I you? I have. I've been there before, and I'm super excited to be invited back. What did you play in China the first time? Um, that is a great question. I can remember this. Let's see. We did a, an arrangement of Steve Reich's New York Counterpoint with the live ensemble, so that was cool. And what else did I play? Well, it was in China. I'm so sure I, it was awesome, whatever it was. The pronunciation would have been completely different anyway, so it almost doesn't matter. <laughs> that is a full docket. So, good. Well, 2019, I give it a lot of thought about what I want to do this year. What are you going to do, Wally? I'm going to practice. No, I'm kidding. So you better practice. I've got a couple of big things I want to accomplish. Number one, I want to transcribe more. I, mm. My practice for 2018 went well. I was really pleased with a lot of what I did. I had a big focus on being in the moment, practicing from a more relaxed state. I mixed in a little meditation, a little relaxation work. Wow. So when I'm improvising, I feel like I'm not just trying to regurgitate my practice sessions. I'm trying to be present and actually truly be in the moment and improvise. And that happened more. I'm certainly going to work towards that. So 2019, I've got a couple uh, resolutions to transcribe more and specifically a couple of live recordings that I really love. A couple of live recordings of Lee Konitz. Oh, sweet. And as you know, recording live transcriptions, the audio quality is never that great. Right. And so I always avoid it. I always go <laughs> towards the studio productions because it's so much easier to hear. So... One of my New Year's resolutions is to transcribe more. Nice. Um, and if I were smarter, I would put down exactly what I was going to do and by what day and quantify it. But that's scary. Uh, maybe that just locks you in too much, too, because you I can't so. really say how long it's going to take. Sometimes those things go quickly and sometimes they really don't. Yeah. That well, can be really hard. Well, you know, I feel that I used to be like, well, I have to know exactly what I'm going to do and how long. And then mm. life happened, as you know, once you have yeah. kids, yeah. Uh, you've got a daughter. I've yeah. got two kids. I have a three-year-old. I have a tornado named Violet. And so <laughs> the best laid plans just go to, to waste. And so I yeah. used to beat myself about it. Oh, I didn't practice three hours today. And I'd feel terrible about it. Yeah. And I find as life goes on, you know, you've got to, you know, be kind to yourself and do what yeah. you can when you can. Um, so when you set goals or you set goals with your students, what are some like best practices? Do you try to set? I mean, in lessons, they have to have timelines. Yeah. So if you could give Johnny the Glazunov concerto and send him away, or you give someone rhythm changes and send him away, they come back, you know, 2025 and they still haven't done it. Well, it's nice to start the semester by making a plan of what repertoire you want to try to get to. Yeah. And look at when the performances are, because there's always a studio recital and sometimes there's a solo recital and get them to have those things on their radar screen. Right. Right. And, um, I try to pace them week to week, you know, with the students at Duke, they're not music majors. And so we have to work around midterm time and papers and things like that. Yeah, a lot of your students are actually going to get, uh, what do you call yeah. that, uh, jobs. Yeah. In, oh, yeah, in fields, jobs. Yeah. In fields other than music, which is great. But Yeah, one of my uh, students who graduated last year is now working for Microsoft out in uh, Seattle. And I've got another one who's graduating this year who's going to be going out there to work for Amazon. Well, give me their name so I can borrow money from them. I know, them. right? Yeah. No, I'm I'm first in line there, Wally. <laughs> so when, we, when you set your goal, well, how, let's talk about your goals first. So when you set goals, 
how do you determine what pieces you're going to work on, what you're going to be practicing on? Is it you kind of see what concerts are coming up? I mean, you get calls to play stuff. Yeah. Um, or do you kind of like, you know, this year I want to work more on this kind of literature? Or how do you decide what you're going to be working on in the practice room? Well, if there's if there's a list of concerts that are already set up and there's repertoire determined, then I'm hitting that list. And I keep a list on my music stand of everything that's coming up. You so know, you don't forget. And the dates. Well, so I don't forget something. Yeah. Yeah, we and were also, talking earlier can, about yeah. that. <laughs> and I can see, you know, how many weeks I do or don't have before the things hit. So usually if I can get through the things that are coming up in the next month, right? you know, the, I'm, my lips shot and my brain's shot by the time I get through that. But when I get a breather, you know, in between these kind of clumps of concerts, it's nice to think about, you know, what repertoire I haven't played that I'd like to play or who should I try to get a piece from or gosh there must be some pieces out there I don't know about and I have some time to do some research every once in a while um a couple of years ago uh Inara Zanmane pianist right told wait, me about wait, this is, piece is that how you pronounce your last name I I hope I've, I'm got, I've been Zanmane. doing it way wrong how do you say it Zanmane I don't know I don't know I don't think she really minds how okay. it's pronounced but I, I'd say Zanmane but you know she's Lat Latvian. I just, yeah, she's not to be you. <laughs> yeah. Hey she, there. Inara, she's awesome. Yeah. She told me about this piece by Dorothy Chang, New Stories, and then I was oh. judging a competition and can't remember which one. And a couple movements from that were required. Yeah. Uh, and so I got to hear that piece many times, and now I've played that. But that's the kind of thing where you know she'll recommend a piece. Hey, have you played this? You know Schneider piece that was originally for soprano sax and gets played by bassoon or oboe or something like that so there are some pieces i know right but that's awesome to have other people getting you know taking our music because we are usually we're usually the thieves well yeah and we're getting mocked for you know playing other people's music and we're like well why is why is that weird if i like a piece and i want to play it that should be a good thing right i don't yeah there's one of the things that attracted me to jazz is i could give up those arguments of like it's like it's a melody i will play it on on the kazoo on the theremin or my saxophone and it's fine yeah. I'll arrange it for big band, little band, yeah. smaller band. No one cares. But in, yeah, in the saxophone <laughs> exactly. world. Exactly. Yeah. I don't know why we're so hung up on that. I don't know. <laughs> I, I'm always amazed when people, when I would do a Baroque transcription, people are like, was well, that the original key? It's like, well, it's not the original instrument. Who cares? It's, right. a, it's a melody. It's pretty. The only reason to keep it in the original key is so you don't piss off the piano player. I don't care about them. Okay, yeah. then. I don't, I don't even <laughs> learn how to pronounce their names, apparently. That's so, awesome. So, yeah, yeah. You can maybe put that on your New Year's resolution. Solution. Maybe it's... we should ask Anara how she actually says her name. Uh, I, um... Now it's been so many years, it would be it really embarrassing. Okay. Yeah, but she's a world-class pianist that I, oh we God, love working with. Oh, my God, she's the best, yeah. So... When you have young students that come in, a lot of times you have to set goals for them. How do you balance? (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry, I'm laughing because my goal is for them just not to sound so bad. (laughs) Well, that's my goal, too. Okay, well, yeah, me too. So, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, throughout our careers, we've taught a wide variety of ability levels. Yeah. We won't pick on our current crop of of students, which we... They are all awesome. We have amazing students currently as well. Um, but when you have students come in, how do you balance the stretching them, really getting the best out of them, and but yet not breaking them? Or should we be yeah. breaking them? What do you no, think? I, I want to hear your, your Some idea. people are into breaking them, and then the theory is then you build them back up correctly. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not really, you know, I'm actually kind of a nice person, and yeah. I, I think that this is where just being a kind person and, and being empathetic and... I don't know, trying to read the other person 
is very helpful as a teacher. Right. You know, and they don't teach you that in school. When you're going to school for music, they don't teach you the whole psychology of teaching. And a lot of it really is psychology. Yeah. Making them not miserable and making, yeah. Yeah. Don't you think people play better when they feel comfortable and encouraged? Oh, I don't know about that. I, I've been trained in the school of hate yourself. The minute you quit hating yourself, you don't yeah. get, you don't get better. No, yeah. yeah, which is why I think a lot of what my friends have in common is um, some anxiety and some depression when they leave. They're very hard on themselves. Yeah. So I think, yeah, the whole psychology of being gentle to your students is good. So how do you how do you? Push? But you have to push them. You're yeah. right. Yeah. I mean, you have to let them know. But you know, you don't have to yell and scream and and uh, put them down. You can tell somebody. Light beatings is okay though. Like light probably around yeah. the around the yeah. neck and shoulders. Light caning. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Of course. No. <laughs> okay. Good. I mean, you can say, "Oh, that's a B flat," and they shouldn't be offended by you saying <laughs> that should be a B flat. I mean, that's going too far if you, if you yeah. have to like say, "I think." maybe that's a B flat, yeah. you know, or no, F sharp. Actually, I if I had a dollar for every time in my life, I've said B flat or F sharp, I wouldn't, Oh, I, I could retire now. <laughs> How do we monetize that? Let's, let's, oh, let's work on. Hey, yeah. listen, one time speaking of monetizing Wally, I maybe told you the story before one time I had this kid when I was living in Buffalo and he just would always forget B flat. Like no matter how many times I said, and finally put my hand on his shoulder. I did not beat him. I put my hand on his shoulder and said, listen, can't, not going to say his name. Um, if you miss another B flat, you're going to have to pay me a quarter. And I said it in sort of a funny way, but yeah. like serious. I mean, he was going to have to pay me a quarter if he started missing B flats. He never missed another one. Ever. I never even got a quarter. So that's a good strategy. Yeah. Right? So motivate your I'm students. I'm thinking about Set goals yeah. and then let's monetize. Let's come up with a pyramid scheme. <laughs> you know, I tried uh, making my students uh, pay me when they missed notes. And uh, the director of the school of music said that was extortion. And so he, he made me stop. Um, hmm. But. Not, you see, we've gotten weak now. <laughs> not before I bought that timeshare. Oh. Uh, yeah. so, but you know, it doesn't work to, to bribe them to do well. You're right. That doesn't work. I've tried candy. I've tried the prize box for the little kids. Oh, that, no, I have I tried this. Your university students. Oh like, well, it might job, work with Jared. them. Go get, go get a lollipop and like I gotta get the math. No, class. my little kids have like super balls and oh, stuff. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, well, if you practice and come really well prepared next week, you know, you can choose something out of the prize box. It really didn't work. But if you threaten to have them pay you a quarter for a missed note, it might yeah. work. So what we're learning today is. Positive reinforcement, no-go. Extortion, <laughs> yes. And apparently, you tried to do on your students the exact same thing I'm potty training my daughter with right now. <laughs> no. We have lo lots of Hershey, Hershey kisses on the bathroom counter right now. Oh, that's that. awesome. Yeah, and it's working. When, when my daughter, Ava, started playing piano, we gave her a dollar every time she practiced. And we told her, you have to practice every day, but you get a dollar every day. And so we had a jar on the piano where we put a dollar in there every yeah. single day and it just sat there. And eventually we had like, you know, $250 in this jar and we put them in a bank account for her and started a bank account. She still has all that money. Nice. Now, you know, after a couple of years, we didn't have to do it anymore. She just had the habit to practice. But she's still probably looking at that empty jar and being very sad. You're just unaware of that. I too. took the jar away, Wallace. <laughs> <laughs> so university or even younger students, <sighs> when we set these goals. Yeah. How do we know the, how do you find the breaking point where like, you know, you have a student that maybe they're ready for this piece of literature or maybe they're ready to start working on these kind of chord changes for some of my jazz students. How do you balance that line between stretching and, and keeping them encouraged, but still making sure they're getting better, but not, you know, feeling 
overwhelmed? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I think you just kind of, it's going to sound really stupid, kind of trial and error. I'll pick a piece that I think will stretch a student. Yeah. Sometimes you've experienced this too, right? Sometimes they'll rise to the challenge and they get way into it and they'll practice really hard. Right. If they really like it. And sometimes they'll just come back and they're almost in tears or they're depressed or they're not, they're not practicing because they're discouraged. And then I take it away and give them something else. And I don't tell them that the something else is easier. I'll just give them something different. I'm like, you know, yeah, that piece, that's sort of awkward there. Hey, right. how about this? Maybe you like this music better. Yeah. And if you find a piece, how many times have you experienced this? You find a piece that they like yeah. and they really, something connects with them. And it doesn't matter how hard it is almost. I found that with, with my, even not my with students, myself. myself. Yeah. yeah. Like I would find, um, I was trying to learn tunes and transcribe players uh, because that's what everyone did. Oh, you got, yeah. you've got to do, it's not to say that you don't take like a Kenny Garrett solo, which is nightmarishly hard. Yeah. A lot, a lot of notes oh, in a gosh. very short period of time. Um, you know, you have to do this. You have to do this kind of player. You have to learn these kind of things. You have to learn to play this kind of way. And I, it wasn't music I, that spoke to, not necessarily Kenny Garrett, but it wasn't yeah. music that spoke to me. And then I realized when I start focusing on music that challenges me to be sure, but it's something that aesthetic that really connects with me, uh, a player yeah. or a piece of music that I really love. I find myself not looking at the clock. I find myself in the practice room yeah. for hours and hours. And, and then I remember, Oh yeah, music can be fun. Right. Phone? Fun. 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 That's the word. It's supposed to be fun. Yeah. So finding that music that, yeah. yeah. So I found I've, you know, took lessons like all of us back in the day. Yeah. And some of my teachers would be like, oh, this is a piece that you need to learn. It's important. It's important. I'm yep. not sure I buy that anymore. Well. But, and everyone, you know, depending on where you go, different teachers have different yep. rules of, these are the standards you must know. You these don't know that tune, you're a failure. You, you don't yeah. know this concerto, you're a failure. So do you think in setting goals, the students should have some say in like, hey, I really like this piece of music. Are you cool with that? Or Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I think every student should get out of school with a repertoire list of pieces that they actually like to play, that they would like to actually listen to, and that there's a use for them to play. Uh, what do I mean by that? There's some place they could play it. In other words, maybe they could play it in church or maybe they could play it on a community concert or I don't know. Right. There's so actually some, they should come out of school with some music that actually can exist can be, in the real world. Can exist in the real world. Yeah. That's a good way yeah, to say Yeah, because if you yeah. try to play in Stockhausen in, in, in church or at the retirement community. No, um, there's a place for it, but yeah. that's not it. That's, yeah. yeah. That's well, not the, it. Yeah. Most of our students, when they graduate, that's where they are going to be. Yeah. Playing only a teeny tiny percentage, teeny yeah. tiny are going to go back into the academy. Into yeah, the university. If, I, if I'm training students to go on, I've got one student now at Duke who I think he's going to be, I think he's pre-med and he's probably going to be a doctor, but he's really the real deal. So yeah. he got accepted to Michigan and Northwestern, but he fell in love with Duke and decided to go to Duke. His parents wanted him to do pre-med. I think he wants to now, but he could potentially end up changing his course and deciding to go someplace for a master's degree and go on in saxophone. He's and that good. So I'm, he's, he's tricky because I want to treat him as if he might go on in the academic saxophone world. But at the same time, I don't want to avoid sending him out into the world with some music that's actually viable <laughs> in the real world. So we're going to do it all with him and he's good enough. We, we can do it all. But for myself too, you know, when, when I, kind of faced the fact that I wasn't going to be, you know, a tenured saxophone professor at a school where I'm training saxophonists who are going to continue to be in the 
you know, the academy. Yeah, I think we call that perpetuating the cycle of uselessness. <clears throat> well, okay, fair enough. You said that, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> I stand by it. Well, yeah. It's, it's so a quote at some from point, Archer, I actually yeah. wanted to play music that I really would want to listen to myself, and yeah. I wanted to play for real people. And I like playing in church. I love playing, you know, in that wonderful cathedral where I go to church, and yeah. I. You know, I like playing for weddings. I have played quite a few funerals. I don't like funerals, but I mean, I love to be able to bring that blessing to people right. who are in that situation. And so I have worked really hard in the last decade to just build up a repertoire of quote unquote, just beautiful music. And right. our quartet talks about that a lot. Red Clay. We the talk Red Clay about, quartet. Yeah. yeah, at this point we're all, you know, <clears throat> in our 50s and we just want to play music that we would want to listen to right what and you know <laughs> yeah we have pretty eclectic taste so you know and we're willing to do some pretty modern stuff so it, it doesn't really limit us but you know if we just don't like a piece of music we don't have to play it and i feel like that with my students too and you probably do too i yeah. just you know if they don't like a piece of music, I'm not going to make them play it. I'll say, okay, we got through a movement of that. You don't like that piece. Let's move on. Right. Yeah. No, I like that philosophy. And also like music for the real world. When I finished my master's, I learned a very specific kind of music because it's what you do in academia. Right. And I remember uh, my brother-in-law asked me to play his wedding, um, <laughs> the ceremony. It was a big feature thing. He was being very sweet to me. Albright, right? Uh, yeah. Well, and I brought my literature. Actually, and... the slow movement would be beautiful. <laughs> Maybe, but... <laughs> Oh, what I found was that all the stuff that I studied in the university, when I brought that music to the little little old church pianist, she looked at me like I was an alien. She looked at that music, yeah. and I could just see like her the color drain from her face, and yeah. realized like I had learned a lot of music that you needed a world class, yeah, uh, you know, accompanist or a collaborative pianist, pianist yeah. with. So I I hadn't learned a lot of music that could exist outside of academia. Right. So I love that we're both kind of into that, helping yeah. st guiding students towards music. That yeah. Good luck finding a pianist. Yeah. Oh, yeah. When you're playing this music that's just so god awful hard. Yeah. yeah. We, we ended up doing the Beethoven Romance, and bless her heart, she slowed down so much. We extended the wedding ceremony by about 20 minutes. Awesome. Past, uh, <laughs> it just got slower, <laughs> and there was nothing I could do. And I could see the wedding party look at me like, "Why is this going on so long?" You know, the church, you know the, the church rental ends at two. <laughs> you know the slow movement of the the Bach double violin concerto oh, that's so gorgeous. Yeah. You know, I played that with Branford, right? I saw the video of you playing with Branford Marsalis. Yeah. yeah. So it was great. But I can I tell you a funny inside story about that? As long as it doesn't insult him? Yes. No, God, oh, no. Yeah. He was a dream to work with. And he's such a gorgeous player and a fun guy. Oh, no. he's. I'm supposed to tell people he's a real jerk because I said, oh, man, you, you know, you're really fun and a good guy. And he's like, don't tell anybody that you'll ruin my reputation. So he's so, he's a real jerk. I'll edit that out. Okay. okay. Yeah, he's, he's a total jerk. Total jerk. You would yeah. never want to yeah, deal with him. Anyway, so we start playing and... He's going really slow. And Inara is the pianist for yeah. this performance. So we did it with two soprano saxophones and piano. Is that, That's on YouTube, right? Yeah. I'm going to put a link in the show notes. Okay, cool. Because that's an amazing performance. Well, I thought it was really special when I listened back to it. I was like, oh my God, that is amazing. It just floats there. So he starts and it's really slow. And then I get the moving you know, notes and I nudge it a little faster and Anara's going with me just a little bit. I'm like, oh my God, we're going to die. And then he gets the moving notes and it goes a little slower. <laughs> and then I get them and it goes a little faster. So everybody's going to be listening for that now, yeah, right? Yeah. And and then we get to the end and, and we didn't die. So it was good. And I listened back to it and I was like, oh man, he was so right. 
He oh. was so right. It just needed to just float like there. And it was hard, but I mean, oh my God, it was so gorgeous. I wonder, you know, I bet he perceives time slightly different one because of his jazz background but two but just he's probably on stage more than any other sax player. such a superb so musician. even in a live performance he probably senses time much more maybe maybe that yeah, was it because i know for me when i listen back i everything is faster than i perceive on stage that is true so, yeah that's but true performed, but also yeah. you know i think you know he's just got such a read on the audience too yeah but you, fought, was, you, but you fought him on stage, a and that's little what's bit. important. I, I did a little bit because I was just afraid that we were going to yeah. kill our chops and not get through the rest of the piece. But, it, I mean, it was magnificent. So yeah. well, That will be in the show notes, and we can all go check that out. Okay. So start to wrap things up. We, we know what we're doing this year. We know we're going to be at our students, and we're going to extort them for money. Small, yes. small dollar amounts. How do you keep yourself motivated and then how do you keep your students motivated? Because I'm sure there are weeks you wake up, you look at, and so you organize your practice. You have a list of literature on your stand, correct? And the accompanying dates and like what's coming up. Yeah, I'm motivated because I don't want to be unprepared for a concert. I don't want to play badly in front of people. Yeah. That's what motivates me. Well, that's really good. Isn't that terrible? No. Well, (laughs) I think a lot of people when they graduate, they kind of practice, but they don't set those goals. You're at a point in your career where performances happen, you know, you can line them up, they get lined up for you, you can invite it. yeah. So I think for someone who's maybe graduated recently that doesn't have any performances get on the dock. Get some gigs. Get some gigs. Doesn't matter what they are. Yeah. Because you don't want to sound bad when you play for people. If you're going to play, I don't know, a summer festival just out on your street corner with yeah. a, a quartet, I don't know what it's going to be. Just what, go what, on the street corner set, downtown and yeah. put a case out and get so somebody. book a performance and do, then do yeah just get playing yeah. no matter what it is you know and it's not to say like I, I used to have the philosophy well you should just love practicing for the sake of practicing mm, but man having a goal so many other things to so do. if someone's just graduated they have nothing lined up book a gig book a gig a retirement community you can do it the job of go a hat. volunteer Your to church, play at a retirement community that absolutely. is the best audiences it's the best and leave an hour to chat with them afterwards absolutely they've got stories They've got stories yeah. and you just bring so much joy to their yeah. lives. Just being under the age of 60. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Oh, and I've learned awesome. a lot. Yeah. No, I remember playing at a retirement community. It's like, oh, I remember hearing Marcel Mule when he was on tour in the United States and like, what? Right. Like, All right. This is senility. But like, no, the guy wow. had actually was, you know, when, when Mule's in America, I actually had seen it. And That's got to hear awesome. that story just from taking enough time to listen yeah. to, you know, that generation. So we kind of create our own fire under our butts by booking performances. How do yeah. you keep your students motivated? How do you keep them engaged? Well, beating I, and extortion, beating and extortion. I book gigs for them too. Yeah. I've taken them to retirement communities right there near, near Duke and my, my private studio at home. I also book retirement community gigs for them. Yeah. They have to have some performances. They have to be, you know, they need a lot more lead time to get ready for them than you or I need. But also if they start, you know, if (laughs) they start slacking, I'll just dig for some more music and just try to find something that jazzes them. I've had a lot of luck with playing duets with students because then they come to the lesson and it's fun to play with their teacher actual pieces that have both parts. So that that's helpful. But I just try to keep it interesting. And if they start not practicing, then I figure, well, okay, yeah. I can, we can have a talk about it and all that, or I can just give them some better music and I just keep working on getting better music. Yeah. Well, some of my college students get exhausted. They don't 
quite connect with the younger students. So yeah. some of the college students, I teach a career development class. They get out, they immediately try to set up a private teaching studio and they just, like, my students aren't practicing. They're not motivated. They're quitting. I'm like, well, what are you teaching? Well, I got them doing all of the, uh, the Fairling etudes and yeah, the that's scale, awesome. and I was thinking like, yeah, but it's like, you know, what do they really want? And so I found huge success in taking, um, some Disney tunes. So sure. the star Wars tunes, you know, they have these books, how Leonard, they're not expensive. And sprinkling this. All right. Once we get through these etudes and these scales, then we will do "Let It Go" from Frozen. Right. And, have, and you can still teach vibrato with that. You can still work on intonation with those. And I yeah. find those like kind of little candy goals. And I well, yeah. I find and then when too. when Grandma comes over to visit yeah. for dinner and says, "Oh, you know, Susie, let me hear what you're playing on your sax. You've got something fun to play for Grandma." Yeah. I so, mean, just for example. <laughs> yeah, I think it's yeah keeping the younger ones motivated with music they actually like and duets yeah. i like that too yeah the college students it's easy because we just threaten to fail them and that's great well there's that yeah yeah it's great <laughs> <laughs> i show them how i open up my learning management software i show them how easy it is to change the grade just just fire up the you know the canvas and i just look that's an f johnny practice hard no i'm kidding but well yeah so, so concerts coming up yeah goals coming up oh Forgot, I got a big goal, and I want you to hold my feet to the fire. Okay, what so is it? So I am like? working on a method, a tone book. It's an it's resonance, working on power, purity, and color in the saxophone tone. It's a, a combination of the exercises I've been developing over the past eight, ten years. Ah. Really proud of this. So I'm I'm putting it all together in a coherent method of not only to work on tone, but also in some logical sequential warm-ups that fit in different time periods. It's something I'm really nerdily passionate about. That's so great. So I'm hoping to have that out by March. So if it's not out by, by March, March, okay. I want you to make fun of me. I'm gonna write that down. Mercilessly. I'm put, a, put a note in my calendar. Yeah, at least the digital it. format will be ready by March. So, so how's the book coming along, Wally? I'll ask you. Every Time. It's good. I've got the title page. No, I'm kidding. No. I can't wait to see it because actually you you have done so much work on that. And I often feel like I need something like that with my students. Because I am I studied with old school teachers who were like, here, you should sound better. Basically, yeah. do some long tones, right? And I, that was that was it. You know, now well, there's all the overtone blowing. And yeah, on my and whole on. philosophy is, yeah. didn't do a lot of Long that tones work not because you're holding a tone, because you're holding the tone like, oh, that could be better. Then you make a change. Yeah. So my entire philosophy is how do we make those, how do we find those changes? And how do we remember those changes and yeah. drill them in faster for the different resonance frequencies and ranges of the saxophone? Awesome. So that's what I've been doing. And uh, that's fun for me. Because I'm not an interesting person, but so that, <laughs> that is coming totally up. Totally interesting. That's so, going to be so helpful. Are you going to any conferences anytime? In the, you're going to the regional. Well, I'm going to the region seven and you're, conference. You're going to play uh, that. March. I'm going to play a concerto. I'm also going to do a two alto saxophone version of Luminous by Mark Engerbretson I, for I, two I've, saxophones and cell phones. <laughs> and I'm going to be doing that together with the composer Mark Engerbretson. Yeah, my husband. Oh, you're married to Mark Engerbretson? I am married I'll to Mark I'll quit making fun of him. Hey, you uh, want to know what? No, what? So Monday's our 30th anniversary. Congratulations. All the yeah. way till Monday, because if you could divorce on a Friday, that would be very awkward. You know what? There's like a one-year waiting period in North Carolina, so we won't make it by then. Okay, good. Yeah, so so congratulations. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. I mean... <laughs> in spirit or legally. Yeah, yeah I mean, we're just both too lazy to go yeah. through all that mess. <laughs> all right. So NASA's coming, the North American Saxon Alliance Conference is coming over playing there. And yeah. I'm going to put a link in the show notes to the the Bach. Oh, the Bach that, that yeah, 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 with played that. together with yeah. Bran. So, He's so awesome. I'll put some links to upcoming things. And I do want to, um, we're going to offer to listeners and saxophone oh. teachers. You have more stuff? 
Um, February 3rd, the Women's Wind Ensemble is playing at Brendel Hall at Wake Forest. What are you guys playing? We're playing music by Vivaldi. Spring. Okay. Kelly Burke. You made know, the arrangement. Do you is, know Robin is, McLaughlin? It is She's, winter. He wrote Four Seasons. Why um, would you choose spring? Well, because that's the one we know. And I mean, she gave the melody for, in the second movement to the soprano sax. So okay, that I is get nice. to play it. And yeah. I, I stole, or do you say stole or copied a, what's his name now? I'm blanking on. Violinist, really famous. Nigel Kennedy's oh, yeah. um, ornamentation. Yeah. Yes, for the second movement. Oh, nice. That's so okay, cool. so that'll be Wake Forest. I'll put that link in the, yeah. In the show notes Yeah, yeah, and well. what else are we playing? Oh, Scary, Scary Moose by Mio. Scaramouche? Scaramouche, Scaramouche. And then we're doing an arrangement of Arthur Bliss's quintet that was originally for oboe and strings. Kelly okay. Burke is our resident arranger. And then okay. Piazzolla's Spring. Okay. Yeah, I know it's winter. Yeah. I mean, but, he handed you that on a platter. I mean, Vivaldi yeah. was like, look, no matter what season you're playing in, I got yeah. the little movement for you. Uh, yes. I don't know how he sounded, but I'm assuming it's, it was Italian. <laughs> like, it's like Super Mario. So, <laughs> all That's right. awesome. <laughs> so well, I will put that up so people can keep in touch. Anyone in okay. the area can absolutely do it. And international yeah. listeners, you should book a flight and come see it. Oh, it's yeah. Gonna it's going to be great. Yeah. The acronym is for the women's. WWE. Yeah. That's not maybe well conceived, but we'll talk about that. <laughs> I'll give and we have a piece called Rosie the Riveter. Oh, okay. Oh, that sounds cool. It's cool. Yeah. I won't make fun of WWE because uh, Kelly Burkers in there is the provost of the university that I teach at. Yeah, you better not. So I'm just going to shut my mouth. Hey, okay. I think it was her idea too. Okay. It sort of references the world wrestling. Wrest- yeah. res- whatever yeah. that is. Well, yeah. I do teach branding and marketing. <laughs> okay. Well, we can work on that. We're open to the idea of renaming yeah, the group. She's my boss's boss. So I'm going to say that was a great idea. Okay. Yeah. So we will pull a call out to uh, all listeners, teachers and students, because um, we do teach people end up teaching other saxophonists. Yeah. Um, any questions that you have, anything you want to know how to teach, how to play better, or any strategies, especially related to what we talked to, uh, send us an email. You can reach us at wally at gatecitysax.com. And Sue, do you want to give out your preferred method of contact? Or look you up on you, Facebook, a good way to get oh, in touch with you? you? Facebook, or you can just Google me, susanfancher.com. And it's on, oh yeah, uh, susanfancher.com. And we'll put that in the show notes. And sure. they can send you an email there. You can. Yeah, and we will read your questions live. And if your question is read live on the podcast, you what will you earn get? a special prize. I'll talk to one of our future sponsors. <laughs> I've got some some uh, potential sponsors lined up, and so so we'll have some swag. So if they don't like the stuff we talked about today, they should ask a question so Just we can to get free swag. You get some. Free, well, yeah, you know, and so we talk about more interesting stuff. I nonsense. Guess. Yeah, we'll talk about what we want. Okay. Right. Sue, good <laughs> channel with you. I hope you have a great week and we'll see you in a couple you too, weeks. Wally. Thanks. Right. Have fun. 